Behind the Bite podcast is part of a network of podcasts that are good for the world. Check out podcasts like the Full of Shit podcast, After the First Marriage podcast, and Eating Recovery Academy over at practiceofthepractice.com backslash network. Welcome to Behind the Bite podcast. This podcast is about the real life struggles women face with food, body image, and weight. We're here to help heal, inspire, and create better, healthier lives. Welcome. Well, hello, everyone. I'm really excited to be here today. You know, so last week we discussed dating and what it's like for someone who has an eating disorder or who struggles with body image issues to be out there dating or in a romantic relationship. And if any of you listened to the episode last week, I did mention that we really could have many different episodes focusing on the topic of dating. And so here we are. We're going to have another one. But rest assured, today's topic, today's episode, it's not a repeat of last week. No, believe me, I have a guest here with us today who is going to discuss the parallels between dieting, dating, and romantic relationships and how we treat them the same. I'm so excited to introduce Tony Marinucci. She is a registered dietitian and business owner of Diet Tips with Tony, who ironically teaches people how not to diet. Her team of registered dietitians provide online nutrition coaching to women and helps some break free from the all or nothing mindset and encourages them to embrace balance instead. Her mission is to end the restrictive diet culture by providing simple tips to healthy living while incorporating foods you love. I get this, she is a TEDx speaker and a number one best-selling author of the book, Once Upon a Diet. All right, well, Tony, welcome to the show. Excited Thank you for you having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. So um, this is a great topic. I think a lot of people are going to relate to this, um, but I'm curious, like, how did you, like, I know you've done a TED talk. I know you've written this book. Um, how did this all happen for you? Like, uh, it's a long journey. It's a long story, long journey. Um, but I guess like any story, I feel like it usually starts in your childhood. Like you don't even under you don't even know the story is being written when it is, but it is. Um, so for me, I grew up overweight and unfortunately people made me feel pretty crappy for the fact that I was in a bigger body. I actually what's even more more crazy is that I remember myself being so like happy and go lucky and just like joyful and like wanting all everyone to be happy too. And I just like people kept making it obvious that like, how could I be so happy if I was in a bigger body? So after a while, I started like listening to those messages and I started attaching my weight to my worth. I didn't even know I was doing it then. But as a kid, it was kind of like, oh, well, like my crush doesn't like me back because I'm overweight or like I'm not I didn't make it um, on the varsity team as I got older because I'm overweight. And, you know, I didn't get an A on my test because I'm overweight. Like it just became the thing that I blamed for so many years. And um, I decided, you know, pretty early on that 
I didn't want to be noticed for that. And I thought that, well, if I lost weight, maybe people would stop criticizing me or making fun of me. And unfortunately, that just led to some really disordered eating patterns and behaviors. And I would do all the things you really, it's not helpful or healthy, um, but things like skipping meals, um, over-exercising, trying to eat as little as possible, you know, and unfortunately it kind of backfired. And so not only did I not lose the weight that I wanted to, but I also just was like completely unhappy and I needed to find another way. So uh, long story short, I went to school to become a dietitian because I thought, oh, that's going to help me learn how to lose weight. (laughs) And I might even find a boyfriend. Like that's literally was my mindset. Um, And Unfortunately, like as I learned more and more about the field of nutrition, I just became more and more obsessed with nutrition. And therefore, now my my healthy eating was like healthy to the quote unquote, I'm using air quotes because healthy is, you know, when it neglects your, when it neglects your mental health, I don't think it's healthy at all. So like the food, the nutrition of the food was like very, very healthy, but I was so obsessed with it that there was no room for error and had all these food rules. Um, and that's kind of where I realized, oh crap, like I need to get help with this. Cause like, it doesn't matter what the, what the number on the scale says. Cause even when I was losing the weight, I mentally was completely being tortured by this. It was all I could think about. It was all encompassing. Um, It was so rigid. I was missing out on a lot of like fun and and activities with like my, most people do in college. Like I wasn't participating in a lot of things that most people participate in. And so all to say, I finally figured out a way to, to love my body and to find balance. And now I'm like rushing over obviously the process in which we do that. But now Uh, it led me to teaching people a way to break up with dieting and actually find balance in their eating habits um, and love themselves now. And even in the journey of whatever sort of health goals that they have, it's learning to love yourself throughout that. And so that's kind of why I do what I do, which ended up, you know, being a TED talk and a book and, you know, um, my whole business and everything. Um, But it was a long journey that got me there. (laughs) Yeah, and I love how you said that. I'm like glossing over the the whole process. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's can... a long process, as you know, right? Like it takes a lot of time and effort and there's many stories within the stories. Right. So anyone listening, it's not like this one day you woke up and it's like, oh, I think I'll change and this is all better. It's not quite like that. Not at all. Nope, not at all. Lots of therapy. <laughs> but, I mean, you, the the wonderful thing is that you are here and you did get to that point where you are able to turn things around and use what you've been through to really now, I guess, pay it forward, if you will, and start helping people through their own process and really, um, I've done a lot. And so, um, can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what your Ted talk was about, what your book's about? Cause I, I think interesting, uh, topic that you discussed. Yeah, definitely. So the TED Talk is called Once Upon a Diet, and it's actually also the name of my book, Once Upon a Diet. And I came up with this idea because I remember this was probably maybe like four years ago and maybe maybe less. I don't know. At one point in my career, I remember just like kind of sitting there and thinking like, oh, God, 
like, don't they get it? Like every single, like all the women that would come into my program, it's like, it was after they've tried like diet after diet after diet and hoping each one was like, quote unquote, the one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, can't they see it's just the same diet in a different book? Like, I, I it's like, sometimes you like want to rattle them. They're like making the same choices over and over again and like expecting a different result. And that's literally the definition of an insanity. And I was like, you know, I, I wish there was a way I can like help them see this sooner. And then at the time, so it must have been over five years ago because I've been with my boyfriend for like four or five years. So this is a lesson I had a few years ago. At the time, I remember thinking, wait a minute, Tony, like I had just gotten out of like a toxic relationship. This was like my third toxic relationship where it's like, here I am once again, like completely what feels like it almost is like, oh God, it didn't work out. And like, you know, why did I put up with all that I put up with for so long? And that's when I realized like, okay, here I was like, wanting these women to see like they they keep making the same choices over and over again and expecting a different result and like getting frustrated by it but here I was doing the same exact thing in my dating life like I basically dated five versions of the same guy just with a different name and a different face and it was like I wasn't learning my lesson either and so that's when I noticed the parallels and that's when I started diving a little bit deeper and recognizing like oh my gosh I'm so not alone in this Um, and then that's where I decided to do the Ted talk with the Ted talk was basically just that, like helping people to kind of see, um, these parallels and helping them to ask themselves three questions in order to break up with what I call like the stepsister cycle or like the diet cycle. Right. And then at the time I, when I was recording the talk, I only had eight minutes to speak. And I was like, I can't fit all this information in eight minutes. And that's when the book was born, because as I was trying to decide like what to do for my TEDx talk, I realized, well, I could do like 10 TEDx talks. So I kind of like write like 10 chapters, right? Mm -hmm. So that's when I ended up writing my book. So it's basically to help people recognize that in order to be happy, it's not dependent on the number on a scale or your relationship status because so many people are waiting to be happy when they're waiting to be happy when the number on the scale drops or they're waiting to be happy, you know, once they found their partner. And it's really understanding that number one, you, you have, you get to choose to be happy now and there's a way to do that. Um, And number two, if you go about it in that way, then unfortunately you're you're focusing on the wrong thing. Like the number on the scale has very little to do with your actual health and happiness. And even like being in a relationship, we forget to define like the quality of the relationship or the quality in which we go about whatever health journey that we're on. And I think when we're focused on the wrong thing, then we're going to get the wrong answers. So it's learning to help people to like focus on what actually matters, which is like the quality of the relationship, the quality of your nutrition plan. Like, is it, is it also addressing your mental health, not just your physical health, you know, then you're going to probably find some answers and you're probably going to be not just healthy, but also happy. So any, I mean, and that all sounds Right, you know, to say like, okay, I'm going to take this step back and ask myself like, what do I, what patterns do I keep repeating over and over and over again? Because I think that's absolutely true, right? People keep trying to kind of reinvent the wheel in different forms, right? Um, And so for you, you know, there's obviously like treatment for eating disorders, um, but for for you when you looked at okay so I keep ending up in the same kind of relationship 
like you said, like the same guy, different face, right? Different name, you know, and you'd already gone through your eating disorder uh, treatment and recovery. So how did you go about like figuring out, okay, how do I stop repeating the same pattern with my relationships? Um, therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I needed to go to therapy. You know, a lot of it was growing up. I think at the time I was in my mid to late 20s. Um, and you know, the other thing that I recognized, like everyone obviously like goes through their healing processes, process different at different times and stages of their life. But one thing that I realized for me was because when I was younger, I never got attention from boys. Like I never was in a relationship. My first boyfriend was actually my freshman year of college. That was the first time I ever was in like a real relationship where some people may have had experiences before them. I almost was, I, I think perceptible compared to my friends, I was quote unquote late to the game, you know? So for me, I feel like it took me a little bit longer to learn the lessons because I started later. And then also I was never really taught how to date and we're not taught how to date. It's like how we're not taught how to eat like we go through our whole lives and like we're never taught how to eat until there's you know an eating disorder or a catastrophe basically whereas the same thing with dating like we're just kind of told like I know I was told directly by family members like you know you got to find the guy you got to get married I'm from a Greek and Italian family so it's very much like you know if you if you don't find a partner by you know x time it's like you're going to be alone and lonely forever and you're going to never you know it's like these crazy you know messaging so for us it was just like this pressure to like be in a relationship it almost didn't even matter like who it was and so i kind of felt that way too i never had a guy give me any sort of attention so the first guy that gave me one became my boyfriend cuz so it was like oh wow you like me interesting right and so it took me about two and a half years to realize that like he wasn't a good fit for me because I never really asked like what it was that I was actually looking for. Right. And so that's the same thing. Like that's where for me, I had to define what is it that I want in a partner? What's important to me? What are my values? Right. And at that point in the stage of the game for me, I think I had finally like made peace with myself and my body. And I was very clear on my values and what was important to me. But if you ask me that, you know, 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to tell you. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's, you know, you shouldn't be dating or whatnot. It just means that you then need to know that like, okay, this person's probably not going to be your forever partner unless you happen to be aligned on the things that you so happen to end up deciding are important to you down the line, you know, Mm -hmm. like later on. Um, So yeah, so breaking the pattern for me with dating was going to therapy and starting to recognize that I was with people for the wrong reasons. Uh, One of the things that actually was really, really helpful, my therapist pointed out to me, because every time she would ask me, like with my my previous, my ex before my current partner, this was like five years ago or so, um, she could said to me, like, you know, why, why, give me a reason to stay like in the relationship. And every time I gave the reason, it was always focused on because I didn't want him to feel a certain way. It was always about like what was important to him or how it made him feel. It was never about what, how would I feel. And so every time she pointed out that out to me, that's when I realized like I was living this life. I lived my whole life based on what, what I felt other people wanted. Well, you know, I didn't want to make, I didn't want to let other people down. I didn't want to hurt other people's feelings, but for some reason, like my feelings didn't matter. And I think that's really important for people to hear because whether it's relationships or even with like your nutrition or your body or whatever it is, 
it's yours and yours only, your life, your body, your career, and you get to choose. And if people don't like it, then they're not your people, you know? And I had to get to a place where I was confident in myself to be able to do that. And to be honest, it, it's not easy to do it alone, which is why I'm grateful to have had be in therapy at the time where she could really kind of, you know, be there for me and help me process and, you know, just kind of quote unquote, pull the trigger, like, break up even though he would be upset about it or whatever and just deal with the crazy aftermath that happens. I wish I could tell you it was a smooth break, but it definitely wasn't. Um, but if anything, it, only, it gave me my answer because here I was thinking to myself, like, you know, I don't want to hurt him, blah, blah, blah. And then he went rogue. And so that's like a whole other story. But it just made me realize like, I can't be with someone who's this emotionally unstable. So it made me it made it only only confirm like I was making the right decision where I was there. For, and then meanwhile, I was holding on to something that I like completely, you know, imagined in my mind, which wasn't even real. Right. Oh, gosh. You know, I'm just the the people pleasing just kept ringing through my head yeah. as you're saying that, like, yeah. you know, and I know people listening, like, know exactly what you're talking about, just doing everything for everyone else. And somehow it's like feeling guilty if you put yourself first or your own feelings first or or just kind of like what you're saying. You don't even know what you want or what your feelings are. It's all about everyone else and the right. fear of letting somebody else down or hurting them. And mm -hmm. I mean, that is so interesting, right? Like, what is mm -hmm. that about? Like, you're not even in a relationship thinking, well, how do I feel in it? Or am I getting my needs met? Or like you said, you don't even know your needs. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy that we go you know, on in life like this. <laughs> like if you think like for, for whatever reason, everybody else's feelings matter more than your own. It's weird. Well, but if you're used to people pleasing, right, much like with your eating disorder, it's like, did you ever stop in the middle of it and think, am I living this happy life? Like, is what I'm doing actually, like, am I happy? Because like you right. said, when you were in college, you were missing out on parties, you were missing out on social events, you were white knuckling it, you were depriving yourself mm -hmm. of food, you were spending your whole life, like revolve around your eating disorder, trying to get this number, this specific size or something. And looking, going, okay, I'm trying to get there so I can have this amazing life where I'm happy. Right. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the whole path there, you're just so miserable. Like if, if you just stopped and been like, wait, am I actually happy right now? Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting too, is like, I don't even think, you know, it's crazy because if you would have asked me then I would have told you I was, mm. and I think, cause I was so I was, but that's the thing. I was so focused on like the number or like looking a certain way that I, I literally didn't care. And I was so detached. This is also very common. I was be so detached from anything that my body was feeling. Like looking back, I could see that I was extremely bloated all the time. There was one point in my journey that I just took, I kept cutting things out, cutting things out, cutting things out, cutting things out. There was one point where I was a gluten-free vegan which I had like nothing to eat except for like lots of fibrous food. So I was bloated all the time. <laughs> right. So um, like looking back now, I was like, oh my God, it was so like, and like, 
now I could be like, wow, like how to, and I was always hungry, not because of like physically at that point, it was more like orthorexia where I was like obsessed with healthy eating. So it wasn't that like calorically I was being deprived, but from like a nutrient level and from like a satisfaction level, I was definitely being deprived. So I was like always hungry. So it was like always bloated, always hungry. And somehow I thought that that was like normal. Which like now I'm I'm really satisfied after I eat a meal. <laughs> like I, I'm not constantly thinking about when am I going to have the next one? Oh, I'm hungry again. Or like, you know, it's not like that anymore. But in the moment, if you would have asked me if I was happy, I would have told you yes, which I, is kind of interesting that we can lie to ourselves like that and like play tricks on ourselves. Well, you must have to in order to tolerate what you're doing because otherwise, yeah. right. like, what are you doing? Right, exactly. 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 Yeah. So I guess, I guess my tip for that for someone would be, cause like I do have people, I think it's just that, that introspective, introspective work where it's like being honest with yourself. And I think like asking yourself questions like, do I even like this? That's one of the questions I have people ask in the book and also in my, my TED talk. Um, and then like, and, but not just asking it like quickly, like if, I wasn't doing this for the number on the scale. Like if I wasn't doing this to appease other people, like if I was honest with myself, do I even like this? You know, it's like taking it one step further rather than just like answering in the moment, you know, because I think if we can, we can lie to ourselves if we don't take that time to really ask the right questions. Yeah, because I love what you said about, you know, I, I felt kind of bad, like, as you were talking, you're like this happy kid that was just living life. And then other people were telling you, mm-hmm. you know, you almost the message is like, well, you shouldn't be happy because we're telling you we're judging you and you shouldn't be happy because of the way yeah. you look. And that set you up, it sounds like, for this journey of just trying to please other people so they'd like you or they would tell you, no, OK, now you can be happy because we say it's OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, what's so crazy. This is the part that why it's like almost, I'm not going to curse because I don't really like to curse, but like, I did want to give like a big F you to some people in my family because so part of it, I got teased from everyone at school, uh, family members, um, even through like social media, like back, back then it was like AOL, like through instant messaging of like people like trolls behind the internet. Like it was crazy. So I got it from all angles, but the one that I think obviously hurts the most is your family members. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, so when I got older now, now fast forward to many years later, and I actually did end up losing weight because I, I more so just, it wasn't even intentional. Like I did, I just started to eat more balanced. I started to like move my body in ways that I wanted to, not because I felt like forced to, like my body started to, ironically, like started to take shape in what it's meant to be versus like all these other things. I was hearing so many stories all the time when I actually started listening to it. So now then there was that. So then there was one point that I, that even though that was happening, I did end up taking it like a little bit too far. I'm not going to lie. And it's, I talk about it in my book. Um, and I ended up kind of almost like get, getting caught back in now. Cause now I was losing the weight and now I kind of got like addicted to the weight loss, even though I did it in a healthy way to start now it started becoming like problematic. Anyways, I ended up, um, probably being like the leanest I've ever been. And I actually had family members say to me, Oh, you're getting too skinny where it's like for years, I've been trying to prove myself as like someone to, you know, cause we're all curvy. We're Greek and Italian. We're just like curvy girls, whatever. 
but I was yet I was still for whatever reason like it was not accepted and so then I got too skinny quote unquote um and it's just like it, it just made me realize like at first I was like f you and then second I was like what the heck am I doing like what who why what am I doing why do I care first of all second of all like I get to ta- decide what I look like too big, too fat. No, nothing. Everything is perfect because it is everything that I am trying to be. Meaning like where nothing is perfect, but like it, it, me being, trying my best and just living in this world and like trying to navigate all the things is enough. I don't need to prove myself any other way. And it took a really long time for me to get there, but I can say that confidently now because once you actually get there and once you like actually let go of this idea of needing to please other people, it's so freeing. Like it's so freeing that it's you you can't go back. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. like you would never want to feel trapped like that, whether it be to a diet or to someone's opinion, right? You feel so free of it that like now I I couldn't even have things I've done. I couldn't even do. I wouldn't I wouldn't do it if you paid me a million dollars. I really wouldn't. It's just not worth it to me. I really love who I am and everything that I do. And I'm proud of myself and I don't need to prove it whether someone thinks it's too much or too little or whatever. I don't care. You know? No, I love that. Like, I think that same thing. If if I had to go back and do any of those eating disorder behaviors, I mean, that's, I think one way, you know, you, you recovered, (laughs) like you think about it and you're like, oh my gosh, no, like that sounds like way exhausting. And it's so exhausting. Yeah. So exhausting. Like, I don't, I mean, and it, it explains why I ended up like needing to, I had, I did so much damage to my metabolism and my gut, everything through dieting and the amount of fatigue I ended up ca- get caused getting as a result of like years and years of dieting. I basically had like chronic fatigue syndrome for like two years because I was in my recovery process. Mm-hmm. So it was like, fi- I finally let go of like living on caffeine and adrenaline and like this anxious mindset right to like a lot let myself just like be and like not try so freaking hard right but then I it's it was like my body needed to recover for the years of me doing that and it was and that's why guys like for those listening like recovery isn't easy but it is so worth it when you get to the other end and for some people it might take years to get there like for me it took years to get there I think once you get the right help and support it obviously happens faster um but just be patient because it is one of the things um i say a lot that i've like read a lot of books there's a book i even called the messy middle it's that like it gets messy in the middle but it's eventually to be able to like soar on the other end yeah because it it can you know and i work with lots of people too who are in that like I love that word, messy middle. Never the messy book, middle. Yeah. It, you know, it's this tendency of really wanting to latch back onto all the eating disorder behaviors because it feels so icky. It's like scary. It's like, wait, I is this going to get me to a better place or not? Because this feels very scary and very unsettling and very grounded. And it's almost like this lack of trust in the process of like, mm-hmm. this is going to get me to a life that's, you know, leading me to not thinking about food or exercise my body all the time. That seems un- unrealistic, right? Let me just go back and try to control everything again. Cause that's mm-hmm. what you're used to. That's what, you know, that feels quote unquote safer, but really, you know, it's that going back and forth all the time that 
keeps you from getting to the other side. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, interesting again with like your, your dating life, right? So if you think back to the people you were in relationships with, is it kind of the same thing? Like, I can't even imagine being with somebody like that again. Yeah. So my, my first partner, yes and no. Um, and I'm always honest and open about this because he, I think it was, he was a good guy, just not my guy type of situation. The others. Mm. Girl. <laughs> That's a, that was a noise. Oh God. Yeah. I don't know what I did. I don't know why. I literally can't even tell you. I I can't. I I I ignored all the red flags. I made a bazillion excuses. I had so many chances to get out. Both one the one guy cheated on me and I knew about it and somehow decided to forgive him. But like why? Because he continued to do it. The other one, when he cheated on me, that's when we broke up. But then he was he but then looking back, I'm like, why did it take a breakup when someone people told me like he was still on all these apps? Like I had like reasons to believe. Otherwise, I just chose to look the other way. Um, But yeah, um, yeah, I have no idea. You know, actually, I'll tell you why. So there's then this is what I talk about in the book. And um, this is what we how we get stuck. And this is how people get stuck in dieting. So the honeymoon phase is the best phase, right? The beginning, it's the love bomb phase in relationships. The honeymoon phase in dieting is when like everything seems to be working and working really well and working really quickly and it's things are, are flowing and going, right? And, but the thing is like the honeymoon phase never lasts forever, right? There's always a time where it's a phase, right? It runs out. So the problem that I was, what I have in relationships and so what people do in with their nutrition is they spend years or months or years, for me, it was years, trying to relive the honeymoon phase, but forgetting that's, that's, it's not, it's a phase for a reason, like a true relationship, something that's going to be sustainable in the long term. Like it's even when you're in love with someone, it's, it's different than a honeymoon phase. It's like, you love them because you're choosing to love them versus like, oh, this is so fun and exciting and new, right? It's a completely different energy and a different type of feeling. And what happens is people get stuck trying to relive the honeymoon phase. And so then they, they neglect the fate, the other parts of the relationship that really are not, you know, exciting or, you know, they make excuses and they just keep, well, remember when he treated me like this? Remember when she retreated me like that? Remember when he did that, when she did that, right? And we start to make excuses. Um, and that's how we stay stuck. That's because we, we were no longer remembering the relationship for what it is now we're focusing on what it was and it doesn't matter what it was. You need to focus on what it is now and where you want to go. Exactly. I, I hear that from people all the time. And, um, you know, it's like, well, they're capable of that because that's how they treated me at one point in time. It must, you know, and I think there are messages when, especially if you are with somebody who's abusive, you know, it's like, it's almost this thought of like, well, you did something to make me change mm-hmm. or, you know, it's your fault that I'm not mm-hmm. treating you like that anymore. And so the blame, I think the reason people stay, maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong, but like, it's this if you already come in kind of a people pleaser or with low self-esteem, it's almost this thing of like, I just need to try harder or I need to do something different. I need to say the right thing. So that person comes back and every now and again, you might get like a little (laughs) carrot, you know, they might Mm -hmm. treat you that way for a day or Mm -hmm. two. See, I did something like I did something right. I said something right. Or, you know, it's like, okay, I did, I did the right thing today. Mm -hmm. 
And so then it's like, you put it on yourself. Like you're the one responsible to get that response or the reaction or that feeling back. Yeah. And when you don't get it, it's your fault. So you stay because it's not the other person that's creating, you know, yep. the lack thereof or the problems in the relationship. It's you, right? So if you leave, it's almost that message of like, well, if I leave, you know, it's my fault. So I'm not going to find anybody better because it's, I'm the damaged one. I'm the one that's mm-hmm. at fault, right? And so I think that gets perpetuated if you're with the wrong partner who plays into that and gives you those it's, horrible messages. Yes, a hundred percent. And it's, and it's the same thing with nutrition plans. It's like, um, something like, for example, like Weight Watchers or Noom or anything out there, Octavio, the B- oh, there's so much BS stuff out there that it's kind of like, they're like one size fits all approaches and they're not really meant to work for the individual, um, especially not in the long run. But what ends up happening is like the the client or the patient, whoever it ends up, they feel like the failure. Mm-hmm. They feel like it's their fault when really it just wasn't a good fit and it was never going to be a good fit, right? So you have like, don't beat yourself up about it. It has nothing to do with you. It's just, it wasn't, the program either wasn't even a good, so it could be this, it could be one of two things. And I like to use the analogy with, with dating, right? So it could be the partner just wasn't a good partner, like not a good fit for you, but, or the partner just like, is a not a good person. Like, like, right. So like with nutrition plans, like there are some that like, maybe they just weren't good, a good fit for you. Um, maybe they're not like the worst thing in the world, but like, they're not, they're not great and they're not great for you. But then there's some that are out there like Octavia, for example, I'm not even afraid to like call it out. Like, it's so ridiculous. Absolutely. ridiculous. It's completely toxic. So like, it was never designed to work for you, especially in the long run. Like, you know what I mean? So that's kind of the difference. And I think hopefully people can recognize, like, I, I do believe that like everything, and this is what I talk about in the book too, like everything that you do, there's value in it if you choose to learn from it. So I don't want to put anybody down if they've kind of fallen into or um, tried something and felt maybe I'm speaking to a program that you've tried and like you keep thinking you're going back to it or maybe you're currently in it or whatever it is. But I just want you to know that like there's probably a lesson in it and that you can probably take components from it and then leave the rest. And that's exactly why we date, right? We date around because but yeah, we are hoping to find the person we're going to marry after the first time, but that's not usually how it works. Like, unless you're my cousin who's been with her partner since literally the seventh grade. <laughs> so, you, you know, that's a rare occurrence. But most people, like, you date a few people before you find the one you want to marry. And it's the same thing with dieting. Like, you maybe tried a bunch of different programs, um, and some might be toxic and completely terrible and just do more harm than good. And it might take years to recover. And then there's others that maybe it's just like, you know what? like wasn't the best not for me don't blame yourself just wasn't for you but you know I like this recipe that I tried and you know what I actually it was helpful for me to just kind of check in with how I was you know how my hunger was like that's great like hopefully we're doing more of that right so it's like learning to take components and then with dating it's like understanding like I liked this part in my partner I didn't like this in my partner and like getting clear more and more clear about what that looks like for you uh, I think that's great because it's, it's so true. So many people do blame themselves. And I think that's what does lead to going back to trying another quote unquote, diet instead of mm-hmm. going forward with recovery. It's like, well, it was my fault. I didn't have enough willpower. I didn't try hard enough. It's not that I have an eating disorder. I'm just failing at dieting, which you know, I I'm very candid about on the podcast. I, I thought that for years and years, it wasn't, 
an illness, it was, it was me. I was my fault. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people do get that message of like, well, if you just ate less, if you exercised more, if you tried harder, if you, you know, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. not it. Not it at all. (laughs) And same thing with relationships. You know, if something's not feeling right, if it's feeling toxic or it's not feeling good, you know, don't always look in the mirror and say, well, it's me. Like I'm always doing something wrong. I have to stick in it and like try harder, you know, to please my partner. Yeah. So in, in my book, I talk about there's two, usually two types of people. There's planters and bouncers. Planters are the people that like one, they'll like try to like beat a, a dead horse to life. Like that's the planter. It's like once they've decided that they want something or they want to be in, in a relationship with something or they're trying something and it's not working, well, that's like a competition. Like, oh, it's not working. Let me try harder and harder and harder and work harder. I'm a planter. <laughs> so I will like literally try something until it, it tells me like, like you actually probably have to like cl- climb, like pull me out. Like Actually, this is probably, I still probably have toxic tendencies in my in myself. My therapist the other day asked me, if your house was on fire, would you get out or try to put it out? And I said, I'd try to put it out. Like, that's how crazy I am. <laughs> I think he was like expecting a different response because uh-huh. he was like trying to prove a point. And I'm like, nope, I would try to put it out. So, <laughs> um, so I'm a planter. Then we have bouncers. Bouncers are like, the second it, any sort of discomfort comes in, like they're out, like they, you know, and it's, and it's, that also isn't helpful either because sometimes in order to like push through and get results, like you have to be okay with a little bit of discomfort. Right. And so obviously, as we know, like with all my answers, with every answer that I think, you know, uh, I think a clinician usually says is like, it depends and it's in the middle and like, that's it. Like you need to take a little bit from the planters and a little bit from the bouncers and like, you know, try stuff, but try it enough, but don't try it too much. Right. And then like, when there's resistance rather than giving up or, and, or just like pushing, pushing, like get introspective, like ask yourself, like, you know, is it something that, you know, I could be doing more of, is it something that, you know, I can modify in this plan? Is it something like I need to communicate with my partner and have a conversation about, you know, like there's usually something. And then that I think the, the biggest kind of, um, telltale sign is that if what you're doing is kind of worth putting in the effort or not is like if you're making crazy sacrifices it's probably it's most likely not worth it but there's a difference between sacrifice and compromise and i think like if you can if there's a compromise that can be can be made and you feel comfortable with that compromise then that actually might be a partnership or even a plan or something that is worth continuing to explore but if it's creating like you know there's no give and take, right? It's like, I'm putting all this and not getting anything back. Well, then that's not going to be something that's going to work for you in the long run. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think people do get confused. Like, especially if they're like a planter, like you said, they don't know what a sacrifice is versus a, versus a compromise. They think, okay, if I'm in a relationship, I have to compromise. And really what they are doing is sacrificing so much of themselves. Yes, 100%. 100%. If anyone's listening going, wait, how do I know the difference? <laughs> Like, what would you tell them? I would tell them, like, are you getting anything in return? And or, yeah, that's the main thing. And then also, like, if is what you're getting in return something you actually want? <laughs> like, yeah, that that too. 
but yeah, most of the time you're making sacrifice where you're not, it's not getting, you're not getting anything and anything in return. Well then that's a sacrifice and probably not something that you're going to want in the long, it's going to work in the long run. Right. Probably if you're just losing yourself, right. Or it's one thing to say like, okay, I'm going to not go to the club so much and like spend more time on the weekends with my partner versus like, I'm never going to do anything I used to enjoy before I was with this person. Yeah. Well, and that, I, I, I speak about that in the book as well. Like, obviously, if you're no longer doing things that used to like fill up your cup or light you up, you know, maybe you set passion projects that you feel you haven't been doing them anymore. Maybe an example. I love, I use the example um, in the book a lot from the notebook, actually, like how, um, and oh my God, the main character, she loved to paint. She wasn't painting anymore. Um, I don't know why I'm blanking on her name right now. I know her as Rachel McAdams. So she's like one of my favorite actresses, but I forget her name in the actual, in the notebook. But anyways, in the movie, the notebook, in the book, the notebook, like she ends up, you know, she was madly in love with someone, but her family was like, didn't want, you know, kind of forbade it. And so then she ends up falling in love later in life. And it's actually like the guy, and this is a great example of like, sometimes like on paper, it could look great. You know, and so the guy itself was a great guy and they could have totally like had a life together at the same time for her. Like she wasn't painting anymore and she wasn't like there was something missing. Like she still was. She wasn't as happy as when she was with Noah. Right. So it's kind of just like, you know, that was a good example that and I use it in the book um, in my book, Once Upon a Diet, just to kind of show like, you know, if you are, you know, just because like it is a quote unquote good fit. Like if you are no longer like feeling like yourself or you don't even like yourself in that relationship, then that's probably not a good fit for you. Well, you know, I'm so glad you came here to draw the parallels because I have a feeling people listening going, wait a minute, let me, let me sit back after this podcast and kind of think about some things. And I hope you, you know, spend some time and kind of you know, do some introspection, like you said, even maybe journal and kind of go, okay, what choices am I making? Am I happy in my relationships? Like, what am I doing with my food? Um, I think it's, it's a, it's a good thing to do just to kind of sit back and take stock of some things. So, um, so if people listening want to maybe work with you or find your book or your Ted talk, yeah. how can they find you? Yeah, definitely. Well, the book is on Amazon. You can get the paperback ebook or audio version. It's called Once Upon a Diet. If you type in Once Upon a Diet on YouTube, in YouTube, you can find the video as well for the TEDx talk. And then in regards to working with um, myself or any of the dietitians on my team, at this point, it's mostly working with one of my dietitians, although I oversee the whole process, you would go to tipswithtony.com slash coaching. So it's mostly, we have our signature program. It's called the Six Months of Food Freedom Program, where it's one-to-one, where you learn how to break up with all the food rules heal your relationship with food, your body, your mindset, and figure out what works best for you, not just in the short term, but mostly for the long term so that you don't have to diet again. So that's the main goal that we have for you. So if that's something you'd be interested in, then definitely apply by going to tipswithtony.com slash coaching. And for just free content, um, you can follow me on Instagram at tips underscore with underscore Tony with an I. Awesome. Tony, this has been such a pleasure. I really have enjoyed having you. Um, any final words before we end? Uh, no, just take take time for yourself. Give yourself, whether that's 
an hour a week or five minutes a day, whatever that means for you. Take some alone time to journal, to be introspective, to ask yourself, like, am I happy? Um, am I taking care of me? That's a big question. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.